Today on West Coast Italian Radio, everything you always wanted to know about pizza, but were afraid to ask. With Pizza Boy theme music by Lou Monti and a live interview with Mike DeLuccia from New York telling us how an Italian made basketball what it is today. Get ready for the Italian Radio Show. Alla più piano e nessuno sentirà Il nostro amore lo viviamo io e te E sono sa la verità E vede il cielo che ci guarda da lassù Insieme a te io resterò Amore mio, sempre così Alla più piano e vieni più vicino a me Voglio sentire gli atti everybody and welcome to West Coast Italian Radio Network. My name is Tony Lastella bringing you the Italian radio show right here on 1150 AM KKNW out of the beautiful South Bellevue Factoria area, the Hubbard radio stations with my guest host today, my dear friend for about 40 years, the one and only Mr. Italian of Seattle himself, Dennis Calderola. Buongiorno a tutti e benvenuti al nostro show. All right. Well, we're very glad to have you here too, Dennis. And if the folks out there listening to us would like to participate in today's show, please call us at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. And now we're going to jump right into it here. I, you know, our regular host, Marcia, you know, she takes more vacations than anybody I know. I mean, I mean, she's always going somewhere here or somewhere there. She tells me today she can't even call because she's like out in the mountains somewhere, you know. So I don't know which mountains. I don't know what country. I'm afraid to ask, you know. But we're going to jump right into Un Pezzo di Italia in the Northwest, our Italian news stories that we bring to you every week from different events Across the country, around the world, folks, this is true stuff. This is stuff that we can give you the sources of every single one of these. You know what they say, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. And when it comes to Italian news, nothing can be truer than that fact. I'm going to turn the first one over here to Mr. Calderola. All right, this one's a little long, but it's very interesting and uh, very informative about the uh, Italian mentality there, their dependence on tradition. So it's entitled, The Day I Ordered a Pizza That Doesn't Exist. And it's told from the perspective of an ignorant foreign news correspondent when he went to Naples and tried to order a pizza. Traditional pizza comes from the southern city of Naples, but you can find good pizza everywhere in Italy. For example, up in Bologna, the pizzaiola, Emanuela, is one of the few female pizza makers I've ever come across. She's fierce but friendly. Well, she was until last week, because last week I made the mistake of asking her for a marinara, which is a simple tomato and garlic pizza, but I asked for it with the addition of mozzarella cheese. As soon as I say the words, Emanuela looks at me with disbelief, and in retrospect, I realize disgust. You can't have a marinara with mozzarella, she says. It doesn't exist. A marinara is made with tomato and without mozzarella. 
I suppose, she mutters grudgingly, I could make you a margarita with garlic. A margarita is a pizza tossed with tomato and mozzarella. What's the difference, I ask. Emanuela doesn't laugh. She simply repeats her final offer. Okay, I concede, still amused, but there's no difference. A customer pipes up behind me. She's right. A pizza marinara can't have mozzarella. As we eat the pizza later, I'm still unable to come to terms with Emanuela's reaction. The next day, I phone a friend who's Neapolitan to see what she thinks. She says, a marinara is not a marinara if you add mozzarella. People who order marinara usually do so because they don't want mozzarella. It's like asking for black coffee with milk. So should I ever want it again? I've learned my lesson. I'll simply order a pizza tossed topped with tomato, garlic, and mozzarella. There you go. Perfect. You know, it's it's interesting how that is in Italy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? that the, It's tradition. You know, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. But, I mean, you know, you can, they can take something sometimes very, very complicated and, like all good Italians, make a fight out of it, you know? <laughs> so now we're going to talk about the list of the seven weirdest foods that you can get in Italy. Okay, this comes from the Italian food blog, uh, March 21st. 2019, so this just came out about a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so these are the strange foods that you can try in Italy if you dare. Okay, so first let's go to Sardinia. Casu marzu, which is basically maggot cheese, okay? Um, it's, you know, it's goat cheese that they've allowed to decompose, so you got maggots in it, basically, and it becomes soft and putrid. This is like a delicatessen. You know, a, 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 a delicacy if you very go to pungent, Sardinia. Very yeah, very Yeah, gross. Yeah, okay. All right, so now we're going to move up to... Um, no, but wait. They, okay. I still have relatives who insist that a cheese is not really cured until it's got maggots on it. So, um, mind you, these are relatives of another generation. Yeah, that explains a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, now there's a dish called Lampredotto, okay, which is from Tuscany, which is basically cow guts. You know, we're not talking about tripe here. But the fourth cow's stomach. So in Florence, you find, you know, you, as you go down the street, these clean guts stewing basically in broth and slung over bread rolls or on some plate with, you know, spicy herbs and sausages, right? Yeah. Trust me, you're going to need a flavor sure. enhancer. So bring some your own salt with you. Something, no, whatever, no, no, right? no, no. That's usually very spicy. Or they have it alongside the road a lot of times. The and, piazza, and there are know? stands, usually the tripe stands, tripa, uh, where they've got cow guts too. Yeah. There you go. All right. There you are. So then, dormice is a popular dish in Rome. These are stuffed mice with mints. <laughs> yes, they're still eaten today, folks. Uh, and they come to us from the ancient Roman times when they were stuffed with uh, minced meats, nuts, herbs, and spices. Mm, it's reported that the ancient delicacy is still consumed in the tens of thousands in a small village located in the southern Italian region of Calabria. So there you go, okay? Okay, but let me take number four because I disagree that this is okay, weird. Okay, you take number four. Crostini from Tuscany. Um, well, it's chicken. It's made with chicken liver. Chicken so liver, think of it like okay. a pate. Yeah. But the, yes, some recipes use anchovy and chicken hearts in addition to chicken liver. And it's not as smooth and fancy as the French stuff. But there are, uh, there are definitely bits and chunks of liver in the stuff. But the locals love it. It's fabulous. It's a traditional So have you, have you actually eaten it there? Appetizer. I've eaten it. For years. Is it good? Oh, my God. It's fabulous. Well, that one sounds, you know, less offensive than, like, you know, stuffed mice. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> Except right. nowadays the mice are protected, so yeah, you can't get that Exactly anymore. true. 
Okay, then you have uh, Pani Ka Ma Meuza. Pani Ka, ka, ka ma, ma, Meuza. Sicilian spleen sandwiches, okay? This is like the, 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 the whole essence of weird Mediterranean street food. Not a normal sliced meat panini or burger. It's, a, it's basically a cow spleen served uh, with what you call cacio cavallo, stretched curd cheese or ricotta with lemon juice wedged between Sicilian bread. Okay, so it sounds a little bit odd, okay? Well, they, you know, you eat everything. Exactly. Yes. Then you have pork blood cake in Tuscany, sweet <laughs> bloody pie. Okay. Well, if you can make it look like chocolate and it tastes like a cake, then what's the harm? Never waste a drop of anything is the philosophy of the Tuscan kitchen. And and if you've ever been to France, they eat blood sausages. I mean, a lot. Yeah. And you bite into one, and you know what it tastes like? Blood. Blood. There you go. <laughs> and finally, we have from Brescia. Uh, Songbirds Brescia, which is um, these little birds that are not just the ones you sing to every morning, but they get stuffed with random meats, pork, beef, rabbit, other bits of little birds even, get broiled on scores, and it's traditionally served with polenta. So I guess you haven't really been a true Italian unless you have, at one point or other, eaten one of these weird foods. So, And I know you've eaten the one, but uh, have you eaten any of the others? I, well, I, I eat tripe, too. I'm, ah, yeah, I'm a okay. big fan But I mean on the list. Anybody that you know, lives in Florence but you haven't eaten the mice. any time. I've never eaten the mice. All right, there you okay. go. Okay. All right, so now we have, uh, these are Italy's Stranger Than Fiction stories from 2018. I guess there's a, there's a thing every year that they come out with the strangest Italian news stories, actually stories out of the local newspapers. Okay, This is brought to us December 18th, 2030 from The Local, which is the Italian magazine. So I'll start with the first one. There's a dead Spanish doctor found in Italy forest. Apparently two Italians out picking mushrooms, wandered off in the forest around Tuscany, um, and they found the Spanish doctor named Carlos, who had disappeared from his home in Spain in 1996 and legally been declared dead some time ago. But so, wait a minute. Was he dead? Yeah, he was dead. He was okay. definitely All dead. Right. Well, wait a minute. That doesn't say, actually. No, it, no, it says the dead, dead is in Spanish quotes. Do- it yeah. says so dead So maybe, maybe he was doctor. alive. They didn't really tell us in the news story. There. Maybe he was looking for porcini. Maybe he was looking for mushrooms. I don't know. All okay, right. but that's not the only strange person found living among nature. Ah, living among nature in Italy. On a mountain above a small town in northeast Italy, a team of forestry workers were shocked to find a pair of young lovers living like hermits sleeping in a cove on a bed of sticks. Convincing them to descend was not easy. So there you go. That's another weird thing. <laughs> All right, the next story. Italy nature reserves haunted by veggie panther. So in August, um, a nature reserve in Lombardy was closed after reporting of a you know, panther, which was, you know, of course, scaring a lot of the guests there, okay? However, after a costly panther hunt was launched and they failed to find the beast... Uh, many people believe that it was just a uh, form of psychosis brought <laughs> about uh, from the locals there. All right. Well, it wasn't just about the cats either. A lovesick dog walks 10 kilometers to see Naples' sweetheart. So near Naples, one lovesick dushhound dush puppy absconded from his home and walked some 10 kilometers to be reunited with his sweetheart, another dushhound he had met on his summer holiday. I can't say I blame him. There you go. And we'll do one more here before okay. we go to our, our commercial break. There's an Italian town that warns people to stop dying. <laughs> of course, uh, there was more than one mayor passing 
strange decrees in 2015. However, in August, the mayor of Celia, Davide Sicinella, became so worried about the town's dwindling and aging population that he decided to make it illegal for residents to get sick and to basically drop dead. So there you go. I wonder how you enforce that. I guess I don't know. Maybe if you go there, they, you know, you'll <laughs> keep your life forever. We'll be right back after this uh, commercial break and say hello to all of our great sponsors out there. Ciao, ciao, bambina. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Yo, David, you look 10 years younger. What happened? Yeah, I just came from Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. She specializes in hair growth. Wow. Yeah, she does this laser treatment stuff that makes your hair grow like crazy, based on the same stuff the astronauts use to grow plants in the space station. Mickey's Hair Salon. Yes, on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. That's MickeySpotAndSalon.com for amazing hair growth. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. We got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausage to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast is Cernio Sausage. Visit Cernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same cheers 80 proof tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in austin texas titosvodka.com hey marcia i want to go to italy but the trips are so expensive and the accommodations mezza mezza you got to use la casella agriturismo la casella agriturismo telling john paolo Family-owned country house in the heart of Italy with a rustic setting, Agriturismo, a unique way to stay in Italy. Wow, there's nothing like that in the States. And the La Casella, owned by my family, is one of the best. Reasonably priced, it's like being in Tuscany without the crowds. And from La Casella, you can easily visit Rome, Florence, Tuscany, or Venice. Vacation like a real Italian. For more information, visit the West Coast Italian Radio website at wcir.biz and click on the logo for La Casella. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. So uh, we have uh, this Olympic Soccer Academy. You know, they, they come down to Festa, don't they, as well? Uh, yes, Giuseppe Pisano, mm-hmm. great guy, and I just love his whole family and uh they do a wonderful program there every year. They uh, they bring over um, young adults anywhere from the age of about eighteen to twenty five from Italy uh, that are you know the, some of their soccer the the, the young up and coming soccer soccer stars there yeah semi pro uh, soccer players. exactly they yeah. bring them over here and they do a whole uh, um, season 
with matching these people. They put them in teams with with our soccer people here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a great job. So it's kind of a thing, a multicultural thing. There are players get to play with their players, you know. Uh, and they're they're every year they look for host families who can. Um, you know, can provide some housing for this their soccer players right. for, you know, just, it's not like the regular exchange students where you have them all year. It's only for like three or four months from about roughly, you know, April, May till maybe uh, July, August. And they're gone most of the day. And they are, they are doing their, their, yeah. their, uh, their, uh, their uh, um, practices or their games. Mm-hmm. But wonderful, wonderful opportunity for you to really get involved with uh, the Italian culture. We, Michelle and I hosted a young man last year and we just was a wonderful, wonderful guy. So I would really uh, encourage everybody to contact the Olympic Soccer Academy. Just go online and find out what you can do to, um, you know, be a host family. You have a website there. Um, it's basically. Let me just see here what they have. Um, you know, I got all this information from them that they sent me, but I'm not seeing a website on it. But I'm sure because I've done it before. If you just enter Olympic Soccer Academy, they will come up here. Okay. And their first game starts on May 19th. So they have a men's schedule, a woman's schedule. They're going to be male or female players. Um, We'll keep you posted as we get closer to the game time. Perfect. So now this is one of my favorite food segments, I have to tell you, even though most of the time I rely on uh, on Marcy to come. She brings us samples and feeds us. Uh, But now we're going to talk about my very favorite food on the planet, Hmm. which is pizza. Okay? So, um... Let's talk first of all about what is the origin of pizza, okay? So the legend holds it that the first pizza was called Pizza Margherita, which was garnished with tomato, mozzarella, and basil, and the red, white, and green of Italy's flag, created by the Naples Pizzeria Brandi to honor Queen Margherita of Italy during an 1886 visit, okay? Now, to be really authentic pizza out of Italy... You got to be cooked in a wooden oven. You got to. It has to be elastic wood, and wood soft, fired right? Yeah, oven. Exactly. Okay. Stone. Stone. Oven. Stone oven, but I mean with a wooden with a wooden heat. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. The uh, Neapolitan pizza is the original pizza that left Italy and arrived with Italian immigrants in the USA. And right now, that's the one that really got Americans going about their whole pizza, you know, fa- fantasy here. Uh, and it's uh, currently the Italy has sought UNESCO. Uh, heritage protection under the you know the the law there for it. So, so Dennis, how many types of authentic Italian pizza are there today? There are three official variants of Neapolitan pizza: pizza marinara, which features tomatoes, garlic, oregano, and extra virgin olive oil; pizza margherita, which has tomatoes, sliced mozzarella, basil, and extra virgin olive oil; and then Italian Sicilian pizza which uh, comes from Palermo, is called sfincione, and uh, loosely translates as thick sponge. So Sicilian pizza, uh, which, by the way, is tossed in the air. Neapolitan pizzas are never tossed. And that's the one we always see in the movies, the guy tossing okay, the pizza. Well, yeah. then it's yeah. from Sicily. And it's a fluffier, spongy bread with a meatless sauce of tomatoes, onions, herbs, and anchovies covered in breadcrumbs with the occasional grating of hard cheese. And it's baked in a square tray. And they don't use mozzarella because most of the milk produced in Sicily comes from sheep and goats, not cows. So now the difference, there's, you know, a lot of people, and Dennis and I were talking about this earlier today, the difference between 
Italian-American pizza and actual Italian-Italian pizza, okay? So there's a handful of differences. Basically, there's four main things. Number one, you got the sauce, okay? Yep. In the U.S., they usually use a slow-cooked tomato sauce, and, you know, a lot of restaurants will create kind of their own variants of that recipe to give it their own kind of special flavor, okay? In Italy, you're more likely to find olive oil, pureed fresh tomatoes, garlic, and and oregano on your pizza, okay? Gives the pizza more of a fresh, herby taste and infuses it with the the crust underneath, okay? So, in other words, the the American pizza has a spaghetti sauce on it. More or less, yeah. Yeah, That's a real good way to put it. Yep. Okay, secondly, the meat. In U.S., you see every type of meat piled on the pizza. I mean, how often can I remember as a kid, my father going to a pizzeria in New York City and, you know, Give me the pizza with everything on. The guy puts, you know, sausage and 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 hamburger, and he puts um, anchovies, and there's, you know, uh, pepperoni. Everything you can imagine. Not in Italy. In Italy, Italians are horrified by this approach. Okay, in Italy, mixing the meats just isn't done. They want each meat to have its own unique flavor. Yep. To me, probably the biggest thing is the crust. Okay, so. Now, here, you know, we're used to, like, you know, having either the, the thin pizza crust, uh, the deep dish crust. There's you know, various creations. But in Italy, the crust is everything. I mean, you go to each tiny village, it has its own crust. And sometimes this crust is so thin, it's almost like you're, it's almost like you're eating, like, a spiced cracker in a way. I mean, it's very thin which is, crust. Which is why in Italy you eat pizza with a knife and a fork. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. fold. You can't pick it up. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And finally, the variety. Okay, the variety of pizzas, you know. Here in the USA, I mean, you know, they got pizza of every type. Remember, in, in Italy, and from Monopoly especially, it was sold primarily by street vendors. It was basically the working man's dish, okay? And, uh, you know, in the United States, they put every type of, of, of topping on the pizza. Not done in Italy. They have, you know, you don't mix certain things. just not done. Here we even have, like, Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> have a pineapple, That's Cajun right. pizza, yep. shrimp and Cajun seasoning, mamma mia. In Italy, they consider that sacrilegious. My daughter, Jada, who is a purist at heart, has only one thing on her pizza. What's that? Extra cheese. There you go. Got to love her for that. <laughs> so now we're going to give you, since we've been talking about pizza, we're going to give you some very important for your Italian-American phrases of the day. Some very important Italian-American pizza terms, okay? Okay? Now, these are things primarily, mind you, that come out of the East Coast because, of course, when the immigrants came over, a lot of them settled there, and over the years, that's kind of where a lot of the the Italian-American slang has originated. Hmm. So if you walk into a New York pizzeria and you say, I want a plain pizza, it's basically you're telling them you want a pizza with just cheese on it, a plain pizza. That's Jada. Or you can say a regular slice, okay? So, speaking of slices, okay, um, in New York, if you say, I'm getting a slice, it's all you got to do. You got to walk in a place, I'm getting a slice. You don't got to define it beyond that. They know that that means a slice of pizza, okay? Interesting, I, I, I remember this next one from growing up. Pie, hot pie, or pizza, which is the right term, okay? So, East Coasters, you know, they basically, it's perfectly natural to say pie when you're referring to a whole pizza, okay? Or as my grandfather used to say, hey, we're going to go out there and we're going to get a hot pie, okay? Um, of course, on the West Coast, they think it's pretentious 
and only something you would say in the movie, but guys out of Brooklyn, you know, say anybody who doesn't say pie, they're heathens, basically. <laughs> all right? So now what do you call it, Dennis? A pizza parlor, a pizza shop, or a pizzeria? Well, in Italy, it's called a pizzeria. Period. End of story. There you go. But in America, it could be called a lot of things. Yeah. Pizza place, pizza shop, pizza parlor. Pizza joint. Yeah. I remember in New York, they typically called it either a pizzeria or a pizza parlor, you know, growing up, okay? Mm. So now that we have a party cut or a pie cut, okay? So you talk about thin crust Chicago-style pizza, Mm -hmm. then they're talking about a party cut, also known as a tavern cut. So it's kind of like when you cut it in wedges, okay? I mean, a party cut is, I'm sorry, a, 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 yeah, a party cut is wedges, a pie cut is when you cut it in the triangles. All right, you take the next one. Uh, a Pete's, uh, pronounced a Pete's, <laughs> a Beats, sorry, a Beats. Um, well, according to this, I, apparently this is another East Coast phenomenon. If you it walk is, into a is. pizza parlor and order a Pete's, you'll get one without mozzadella. Or mozzarella, so there's a little dialect thrown yeah, in here exactly. too. So, and in Montreal, uh, the all-dressed pizza means a pizza with everything on it, including pontine. I'll bet. Who knows? God, I have no idea. But <laughs> there you go. Your very, very important. You know, your important translations, especially if you wind up going to uh, New York City and you want to get some pizza or somewhere back there. Okay. So now, in honor of this, we have. No other choice but for our Artist of the Week, brought to you by Mickey Spa and Salon down in the lovely, lovely Tacoma waterfront, Lou Monty's version of Pizza Boy USA. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us.
Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, David, where are you off to? I'm on my way to Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. Wow. She's the hairdresser of the stars. They all love her. Really? She's fantastic. A full-service spa and salon with all the amenities from cuts and award-winning color to nails, lashes, Botox, even Reiki. So why do you go there? Uh, she's going to make me look like Elvis. Mickey's Hair Salon on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. USA. All right, folks, welcome back to West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian radio show. I'm your host, Tony Lestella, with my guest host and dear friend for many years, Mr. Dennis Calderola. Mr. Italian of Seattle brings us the Italian Festival every year and uh, just uh, has his pulse on what's going on with the Italian community. Speaking of uh, stuff going on with the Italian community, you know, I got a um, very interesting email a couple of weeks ago by from a guy named Mike DeLuccia. And uh, Mike wrote a book that he sent me. I've read, I read the whole book, and it's just a great book called Madness about a guy that I never even knew existed mm-hmm. until Mike had, you know, had, had turned me on to it, okay? guy's name was Hank Luisetti, and Hank Luisetti was an Italian back in the 1930s and 40s who literally changed basketball, who literally made basketball what it is today, was the first real big superstar of basketball. So without further ado, we're going to bring onto the show from New York City Live, Mike DeLuccia. Hey, Mike, you there? I am, Tony. How are you? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm here with my co-host this week, Mr. Dennis Calderola. And I got to tell you, I love your book, Madness, a historical fiction novel based on the basketball achievements of Hank Luisetti. Well, How in the world did you come up with this? Uh, I came up with that along about 1982. Uh, I was an actor. I wanted to be a famous actor, and I and I saw Sylvester Stallone's Rocky, and I thought that's the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to write a story, and I'm going to star in it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my parents at the Sunday dinner, and my father said, "I have the perfect guy for you to write about. His name is Hank Luisetti. He got a couple of things wrong, but he said he invented the layup. But he was the greatest basketball player of all time. So absolutely. I mean, I, I got to tell you, reading the story, his story was. Um, you know, I, when I first spoke with you about it on the telephone, you really intrigued me. But after reading the book Madness, which basically is based on, you know, March Madness, which, like, as I understand, today is the last day, right? Um, well, it, it, was, it was him, and it was what happened with the, with the big game at Madison Square Garden that it, it triggered. Uh, it, they were the first, Stanford University is where he went, and they were the first unofficial national champions. Um, so before, so tell folks, so before Hank Luisetti, when you played basketball, it was kind of very straight. You had the dribble. You could only do two-handed shots. There was all this, like, very formal stuff. But Hank was the guy who started, you know, dribbling away, and he would do, like, these one-armed shots from, like, 40 feet out, sink these baskets. 
And at that time, when your normal basketball game might be like, you know, 20 to 15, you know, he was like scoring, getting up 50, 60 points a game. I mean, unbelievable. He was the first person to score 50 points in one game, and he was ambidextrous. They said that Hank Lewis Eddy could put that ball in the hoop from anywhere on the court with either hand, and they said sometimes he didn't even look at the basket. He was 50 years ahead of his time. Wow, that is fantastic. I mean, really the first real superstar. And as I understand this now, um, Mike, you actually came up with this concept many, many years ago, but it kind of took you a number of years to get to the point where you wrote and released the story, right? Yeah, I originally wrote it as a screenplay, and um, you know, because I wanted to you know, actually star in it myself, like Stallone did. Um, but, you know, things in life just, you know, I was young, I, I just got married, I, I, I started a business, I, you know, kids, and, you know, Hank Lewis, the Hank Lewis Eddie story, I kept working on it, but it kept finding its way at the bottom of my to-do list. But after over three decades, I was determined, and I, and I won't stop until, until Madness is a movie. That is my ultimate goal for it. And, you know, I think it would make a great movie. I, I would encourage all of our listeners um, I got this book, and, I, and when I picked it up, it was one of those books I couldn't put down. I literally, I think I got it from you on Friday. It came in the mail, and I had finished it by Sunday because, you know, and this was like with a busy schedule of doing shows and performances all week along. I just, any time I had a free second, I would read the book. And a very moving, very moving ending. Interesting how you created cer- certain I mean, you took the historical achievements of Hank and you were, you made this story around it, almost like a Rocky-type story that would really translate well to the big screen. That that was the goal. The goal was to just, you know, to get... Because the story is, is, as you know, it's phenomenal. And, you know, it, so many people say, I read the book in one day. I read it in, I read it in two days. Um, so, you know, I'm getting this kind of feedback from people, you know... Um, on, on Amazon, people are reviewing it, saying a lot of people saying the same thing. They just can't put the book down, and uh, it's just wonderful that uh, that the world gets to know that it's an Italian American who made basketball what it is today. I mean, that's really. I mean, I, I never had any idea. I seriously, until you and I spoke on the telephone a couple of weeks ago, I never conceived that an Italian American had that much influence uh, over. What, you know, I mean, not only making what it is today, but up, up until that time, basketball was kind of like you say in your book. It was a filler uh, in the winter between um, football and baseball. That was about it, you know, but not really taken seriously. Where now it's like a major, major thing, you know. And it's because of Hank. It's because of oh, Lewis Eddie. Yeah. After the game, after the big game at Madison Square Garden, people started to imitate Lewis Eddie. There was no TV back then, so the New York uh, news reporters, like, like just blasted this out there. People started to emulate him. They started to shoot like him. They started to dribble like him. First person to dribble behind his back. After that, basketball got hot. Once basketball got hot, it developed a fan base of its own. Once a fan base of its own came around, then came March Madness. Then came the NBA. He set the structure. He set the foundation for basketball as we know it. Before him, it was like lacrosse in, 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 in high school and college. So tell us a little bit about your own uh, Italian family background. Um, mom and dad are both from uh, both from Italy. Uh, mom's family comes from Naples. My father, Benevento, not too far from there. And uh, we're still in touch with the family. And the family's moved around a lot. You know, we have family now, you know, in Milan and Varese um, and, and Benevento and Naples. And we all know each other. We, you know, we, we get together. We talk. And, 
when they get to America, they visit us, and we go there. They open their house, you know. So it's, it's a mutual thing, and uh, and it's wonderful. That sounds I, fantastic. I, I go to Italy whenever I can. And you grew up in New York City. I did. I grew up in the Bronx. There you go. I I grew up in Binghamton, but I lived for many years in Manhattan. So uh, I had friends in the Bronx. I remember I had a buddy one time who was a New York cop. And he took me um, to this the the uh, this great Italian restaurant in the Bronx, and he said, "This is the street that in Hollywood they based the movie The Bronx Tale on." They wouldn't let him, I guess, film in that street. They couldn't get the actual permits, so they actually recreated the street on a set. But he took me there when we had this great dinner, and I don't know if you know where that is, but it was one Arthur of the, Avenue, yeah. Arthur Avenue, one of the best Italian meals I ever had. Yeah, Arthur Avenue is fabulous. We go down we go down there at least once a year on Christ, you know, around Christopher Columbus. That's Mike, fantastic. Mike, this is Dennis. Uh, let's plug the book a little bit. Where is it available? Um, you can get it on Amazon. Okay. Um, if you put in Mike DeLucia Madness, um, okay. it'll come up. D-E capital L-U-C-I-A. Correct. And what about Barnes & Nobles or your neighborhood uh, book outlet? Um, Barnes & Noble is available there. Also, you know, through my website, if you go to booksbymikedelucia.com. Okay. Um, and there's a couple of my books there. I have a few out there. I have a, I have a nice free download about an Italian family. It's called Settling a Score. Um, it's hmm. about two uh, brothers who are estranged from each other, and they get put on the same Little League team. And that's a free download from Amazon. Okay. Great. And then I see you have another book that I, uh, I I find an interesting subject. The Yankees are called to action by a lifetime Yankees fan, which I am one. Um, and uh, interestingly... The whole concept here is getting the fans to basically boycott the Yankees until they lower their ticket prices because of the fact that their tickets prices are so outlandish. Uh, it, 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 growing up as a Yankee fan in the Bronx, it, they were like an extended family. We, yeah. we talked about the Yankees. It, it, we cried when Thurman Munson died. It, you know, they, you know, Joe DiMaggio and Yogi Berra and, I mean, it was just they were intertwined into our family, and we used to go to Yankee Stadium when, whenever we had a shot. We used to take a train, go down there. My father used to load everybody in the station wagon. You can't do that anymore. Oh, no. no nowhere can you, even here. If we go, I mean, I love the Mariners, but we go down to a game, between tickets, food, everything else, I'm looking at a drop at least three bills. I mean, you know, and, I, and, I never get out of there without spending 300 bucks. And for America's favorite pastime, it's, it's, and it's, it's not necessary. There is so much money in baseball right now that, you know, that's the way to create a cap. You take the ticket prices and you put them at half. Half. Yeah, So when, yeah. when somebody asks for $300 million, they say, hey, we can only give you 200 150 exactly. And there you go. There's your baseball cap. You have the fans. I mean, we're paying for everything. We're paying for you know uh, advertisement. We're paying for cable fees. We're going there. We're buying there. We're buying the equipment. We're the ones who generate all of the money that they that they distribute how they want, and we're the ones who are getting kicked out of the stadiums. You know that's very very poignant. That because I tell you that can be applied not just to baseball but to other sports. There's so many of us who love sports. We wind up watching it on TV because of the fact that it's so costly to go to a game. And I agree with you. I remember as a kid. My father taking me, you know, we go to baseball, you go to football, you could afford it back then. And nowadays, I got my grandsons, I'd love to take them to see some of these games, but it's like, you know, you can maybe go once a year instead of going like every weekend, you know? It shouldn't be that way. Exactly. So now, Mike, before we let you go, there's something that I found very, very touching that you sent me in an email. And it was basically about, um, you know, 
how you're very involved with Italian things around the country, um, you know, you and you have a certain mission that you do about Italian pride. And I think it's something that's important to share. You know, we may we have a lot of fun on this show sometimes, um, you know, making fun of the stereotypes and doing the whole Godfather thing, but just all in fun. We we make no bone about that being fun. But that the reality of it is, is our ancestors really contributed a great deal to this country. And any of this gangster stuff is just a small stereotype Hollywood thing they can laugh at. But in the real reality of the day, the Italians, you know, were really decent people and contributed a lot. So tell us about your closing statements. Tony, when I grew up, my father would constantly say, Michael, we taught the world. From the Roman Empire through the Renaissance up until this day, Italians have contributed to this world, and I grew up with this whole, this whole thought process. But with all the great things that Italians have done, with all the great how we've affected the world and affected change in this world, the media has reduced us to two stereotypes. We're either criminals or uneducated, F-bomb-dropping goons. Yeah, and it's yeah. an insult. It's an insult to our, to our ancestors, and it's an insult to us to our children and grandchildren. And I want to stop that. So when I go out and I talk about the Hank Luisetti story, I talk about madness, um, I promote Italians in a positive way. And if you could name a film since 1974 or 5 that portrays Italians other than um, Unbroken. Probably Moonstruck would be the only one that comes to mind, you know? Comedies. They're comedies. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're kind of making, you know, they're making us laugh, like my cousin Vinny. I mean, they're stereotypes. Right, I'm right. talking about the great Italians like Luisetti. That's yeah, why it's so yeah. important for me to, to have, and I'm not going to stop until, until Madness is a major motion picture. Yeah, absolutely. Well, God bless you, Mike. We're so glad to have you as part of the West Coast Italian Radio. I want you to promise me you're going to stay in touch with me personally. And we'll do anything we can to uh, support you and uh, push you forward in your goals. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, folks, we'll be right back after this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Hey, Marcia, I want to go to Italy, but the trips are so expensive and the accommodations mezza mezza. You got to use La Casella Agriturismo. La Casella Agriturismo? Telling him, Paolo. Family-owned country house in the heart of Italy with a rustic setting, agriturismo, a unique way to stay in Italy. Wow, there's nothing like that in the States. And the La Casella, owned by my family, is one of the best. Reasonably priced, it's like being in Tuscany without the crowds. And from La Casella, you can easily visit Rome, Florence, Tuscany, or Venice. Vacation like a real Italian. For more information, visit the West Coast Italian Radio website at WCIR.biz and click on the logo for La Casella. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Yo, David, you look 10 years younger. What happened? Yeah, I just came from Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. She specializes in hair growth. Wow. Yeah, she does this laser treatment stuff that makes your hair grow like crazy, based on the same stuff the astronauts use to grow plants in the space station. Mickey's Hair Salon. Yes, on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call me. 
Vicki at 253-752-5299 for more information. That's MickeySpaAndSalon.com for amazing hair growth. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. All right, folks, welcome back to the West Coast Italian Radio Network. I have one of my really, really good friends on the phone named John Seltzer. This guy does so much for the veterans down in the South Puget Sound area. He runs a program that is supported by the Veteran Family Fund of America called Music Works for veterans and he was a sponsor of our frank sinatra show that we did back in november so we want to bring him on for a couple minutes for him to tell you a little bit about what he does john you there i sure am hey john so how you doing my friend i'm doing really good just got back from the olympic Olympic peninsula from the hot springs mineral spa oh wow that sounds great i'm feeling i'm feeling good so (laughs) give us like just a very quick um, idea. Tell us what Veteran Family Fund of America is to begin with. Well, Veteran Family Fund of America is a nonprofit. It's a 501c3 that raises money that can be dispersed to veterans and family members in emergency financial needs. And uh, typically a one-time um, assistance that we provide for them. But uh, our mission is to help provide um, a safety net and fill that gap or that void where other government programs or other agencies may not be able to pick up and help our, our fellow veterans. Gotcha. So and Music Works for Veterans is kind of a uh, program, an ongoing program under the Veter- Veteran Family Fund of America that you are the head of, right? That is right. And that tell us right. what Music uh, Works for Veterans does. Well, established, uh, I founded the, the project uh, under the Veterans Family Fund of America uh, nearly seven years ago. And what we do is we go around the area, we play in veterans' homes, we play at nonprofit events, we create events that are music jam events. They're all inclusive. And it, uh, we invite uh, veterans and family members to come in and participate in the creation of music together. And we do that because we believe music is, by nature, is healing. Okay, so basically, what, this is therapy for a lot of these veterans. They come back half, half, after having suffered some very traumatic experiences in the music and their participation in it, whether they just sing or they do nothing more than maybe play a percussion instrument, is very healing. That is very true. And, and we have worked with many uh, veterans over the years that, um, that have have their fair share of struggles, and we um, we just take them under our wing and embrace them. And um, and what what's great about it too is it's a really laid back, fun. It's casual jam. Uh, it's a great way for those who have been either uh, suffering depression or reclusive. Uh, it, it's a great community and social uh, gathering. It's, it's a good way to ease back into. 
social activity. That's and, fantastic. Uh, so we only have a second left here. So tell people how they can get involved with supporting Music Works for Veterans. Please go to our website at musicworksforveterans, the number four, veterans.org. And uh, on our webpage there, you'll find a way you can contact us. And please go to the events tab because we host a sound vet jam, uh, which is going to be uh, April 28th. And it's going to be at the Lakewood Playhouse Theater. And uh, so we invite our veterans uh, in the JBLM area to come and join us on that Sunday evening, 7 to 9. That's fantastic. Thanks so much, John. And I will be in touch with you soon because we're looking forward to having you and the veterans perform with us at the Camp Patriot stage there at the Freedom Fair this summer on July 4th. We are very excited about that. Thank you, Tony. All right, folks. Now it's time for that time you wait for all week long to hear about these great veteran, I'm sorry, veteran, these great Italian events, these great Italian events that we have going on right here in our very own community. Some of these go as far north as Vancouver, as far south as Portland, as far east as Spokane. We trade with Compass, all the wonderful Italian events here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, the first one I'll take, the American Italian Lodge out in the Spokane Valley, having a great wine tasting party on April 13th. That's this coming Saturday at the uh, Lata Creek Winery, 6 o'clock. Make sure you contact the American Italian Lodge out there in Spokane to get some details to attend. And also on April 13th, this coming Saturday, the Il Punto Auction and Dinner. Now, this is a very special occasion. Uh, it's a four-course meal with wine. It has a silent and live auction. Um, and the proceeds go toward building an Italian cultural community center. Uh, this is also a rare and last opportunity to visit the uh, country village in Bothell. This, is, this will be the last public event to ever be held in that uh, charming old antique that's facility. That's a wonderful place. Are they yeah. they're tearing it down uh, And then they're tearing it oh, down. Wow. Yep, that's the end of that. Um, some of the items on the auction block include an African safari, a week in Cortona, Italy, or a week in Bali. We've also got bottles, big bottles of Barola wine, Italian cooking lessons, a, a stay in Colonello in Abruzzo, all kinds of great stuff to bid on. That sounds so, like a uh, blast. Go to ilpunto.org, ilpuntoseattle.org, I-L-P-U-N-T-O, Seattle, all one word, dot org. That sounds like a blast. Well, you know what's coming up next week from April 18th, actually, to April 28th is the 2019 Italian Film Festival USA of Portland. Now, I know we do one up here every year in Seattle, too, but this is a great festival down there. It's held at a couple different theaters, the Lake Theater and the Cafe at Lake Oswego and the Bloodworks Live Studio in Portland. The admission to this one is absolutely free. Okay, now this is like up here, you you, you got to pay, but Gratis. down there. Yeah. And they got some great <laughs> films. I mean, we're going to have next week, in fact, they're going to be on our show talking about some of this. But um, just to give you an idea, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten amazing Italian films. You got to tune in next week because we're talking to one of the directors of this event and they're going to tell us all about this. But make sure you get down there. Go online to find out more about it. You can 
go to, um, let's see, what's the address here? Is there an email address? Yes. Italianfilmfests.org. There you go. All right. Okay. Tell them about the uh, Veteran Resource Fair, Okay, the Veteran Resource Fair, this is a great fair. Um, It comes up on April 20th. The Italian radio show here is one of the sponsors of this. And it's a a fair they hold from 9 a.m. in the morning to 3 o'clock on Saturday, April 20th uh, at the Tacoma Dome. And it's a thing where we provide all kinds of resources for veterans out there. Community services, VA benefits, legal services, homeless benefits, um, you know, medical things, disability claims, all kinds of stuff. If you know a veteran um, that needs some assistance, please have them come down. There's totally free to veterans, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., April 20th. And we're going to have a guy come on next week to tell us a little more about that on our next show. Do we have time for the last three? We do. Okay, we'll run them all together. Here we go. Saturday, April 27th, the West Side Italian Civic Club Annual Banquet at St. Bernadette's in Burien. Sunday, April 28th, the Vancouver Sons of Italy Lodge Annual Spaghetti Dinner. And uh, on Thursday, June 20th, a big, big event in the Pacific Northwest for people of Italian um, and Italian-American Heritage, Italian Heritage Night at the Mariners. Uh, They'll be playing the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, There are free giveaway items to be obtained. Uh, You don't want to miss that. Join your friends, 700 Italian-Americans at Italian Heritage Night at the Mariners. Uh, and just go to mariners.com forward slash Italian for tickets. And we got to remember, people, make sure you mark and save the dates the month of September because, baby, that is Italian month in the Northwest. We start out with Italian Day at the races uh, on Sunday of uh, September 1st, Labor Day weekend. You go right into the San Gennaro Festival the next weekend. Then you got all the Festa Italiana stuff, the Mass in Italian, the Festa Luncheon, the Taste of Italy. Of course, the last full weekend, you got the big Italian festival down the center. We're going to tell you more of that as we get closer and closer. Mr. Calarola here is the key guy who puts all that together. We appreciate him very much. Grazie. So anything you want to say to our friends here while we uh, add? It's been a pleasure joining you again, as always, and uh, look forward to coming back. All right, folks, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the West Coast Italian Radio Show. Meanwhile, you can listen to us here 24-7 this week or any of our past episodes by going to our website, wcir.biz, and clicking on the link. Thank goodbye, our love was just like a fairy story. But all its glory must pass us by